around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hi, and welcome everybody to the Terry Mize Ministries Podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us, and we're enjoying doing this. We hope that you're getting something out of it as well. And uh, we want to take a minute, uh, spend a few minutes talking about something that's really special to us today, and that is orphans and orphanages in giving, uh, which is a part of what we've always done. It's a part of the, the normal missions outreach that we've always done. But we want to talk to you a little bit about it today. I'm Lynn Mize. I'm sitting here with Terry Mize and Renee Mize, and we're talking about some things that uh, that we do every year, guys. We uh, raise money. We've got some orphanages overseas that we actually have full control of, but then there are lots that we don't have control of, but that we just bless and we do things with. And so we've been able to raise money through the years and uh, go minister to these kids, minister to some of these uh, children's home workers. And, uh, you know, when we look around, we realize that a lot of times the only gifts that those kids ever see their whole lives come from the church. And, and we want to keep that up. We want them to think of, of uh, good things and blessings when they think about God in the church. Well, of course, Lynn, that's right. But uh, one of the things that's always caused me to, to do this especially at Christmas time is because even though all of us Christians realize that Jesus is the reason for the season, it's also an absolute fact that uh, missions and the church and orphans and ministry support a lot of times lag at Christmas time just because everybody's so busy uh, and people are stressed, people are stretched, people are trying to get Christmas together for their their family, their kids, their grandkids or whatever. And so even though you'd think that uh, because it's Christmas, because it's Jesus, because it's his birthday, because it's Christian's great day, uh, you'd think we'd get really into giving to orphans and taking care of the needy and helping people. It's really one of those times that gets uh, uh, where those things get left out. Even like the podcast we did last week, we were talking about Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and how that Christmas uh, people get more people get depressed at the holidays. It's not a happy holiday for everybody. Uh, even though it is a happy holiday for a lot of people, especially little kids, uh, but not necessarily for little kids that are orphans or little kids that are missionary kids or ministry kids. And um, uh, that that uh, a lot of people commit suicide at Christmas. A lot of people mm-hmm. are depressed. A lot of people are down. And so we have to lift people up. So anyway, Christmas time is a big deal to me to to make a push for, for the orphans that we know and and that we help and for some ministry people and some missionaries overseas and things like that. Yeah, that's right. We're able to bless some missionaries, some missionary kids as well, because, you know, sometimes they're out of sight, out of mind. You know, here mom and dad have given everything to go minister the gospel around the world away from friends and family and everything that they know. And these kids get dragged along as a part of that. And uh, there are pros and there are cons. But, you know, dad, I've heard you say, I don't know if it originated with you, but I've heard you say my whole life that that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we take these gifts to these missionary kids or to these missionaries or to these orphanages around the world, then that makes an impact on them. The the one impression that they have is that is that nobody cared but the church. No, of course, that's right. And uh, and even over all the decades of missions, you know, we've we've had a lot to do your mom and I and now Renee and I, we've had a lot to do with the church's idea of coming up and ha- taking a higher standard and a higher class that's right. when it comes to giving to missions because for for decades, if not centuries, uh, I do know about decades. I haven't been around for centuries, but uh, the church <laughs> the church would give her her second or third or fourth best. She wouldn't give her best. Right. And so uh, when when mom and I, when Jackie and I first started in missions, all those uh, almost fifty years ago now, mm-hmm. um, we we would go to churches 
to preach, to minister in the States. And uh, the pastor might somebody say to me, oh, Brother Terry, we're so glad you're here. We've been waiting for months, you know, knowing that you were going to come. We've been collecting clothes uh, for you to take and give to missions. And they'd take me back in a back room and show me an old barrel or uh, several boxes of just used and discarded clothes. And they were, they were awful. They, they'd be missing buttons. They'd be ripped. They'd be torn. They'd be dirty, not even washed, not even clean. And they'd smell bad. They'd stink. And some, some missionary kids have grown up over the years saying, you know, if this is what the church does, I don't want any part of it. So every time we received a package from the church, it's, it stank. And, uh, and we had, you know, clothes. And so I would tell those pastors and made a lot of them mad back in the you know, early seventies when we started this, it'd make a lot of them mad because I'd say, well, pastor, thank you. I know some missionaries that do that, that take old clothes, but uh, we just don't do that. We take living bread to dying men. We take the gospel. We take the good news. We take, we take something they can take to the bank and help them. And some of those pastors would get really upset. And I'd say, well, you know, if I was going to take clothes, if I, if I, if, if that was what we did, I wouldn't take those. I yeah. wouldn't take the holy ones and the ripped ones, the stinky <laughs> ones, the unwashed ones, the ones my missing mind, no. buttons or a sleeve. <laughs> and, and then another time, other times they'd say, brother chair, we're glad you're here. We've been waiting, uh, cause we've got all these vitamins for you to take. And I said, look, I, that's an honorable thing. And I know missionaries that do that. I'll put you in touch with them, but we don't do that. We take the gospel, the good news. We, we sure. get, take them something that'll work for them. And, uh, uh, so anyway, that that some many times is the 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 idea that missionary kids get growing up or orphan kids get growing up is oh well yeah people help us yeah the church helps us but it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a fourth or fifth class help it's not it's yeah. not good help right. yeah one one of the stories we've always told is or that you've always told is that you knew some missionaries that that people sent them used tea bags oh more than one <laughs> more than one set of missionaries and, and I've heard you say my whole life that if somebody had sent you mom, used tea bags you'd have sent them back to them with an offering to buy some new ones that's exactly right when mom and I and then you were a baby in Oaxaca Mexico if anybody had sent us used tea bags I'd just I just wrapped, wrapped them up and uh, or bought some new ones and sent them back some new ones and and uh uh, you know, an offering and said, you know, Lord bless you, help you, but we don't, we don't do used tea bags. How, how are you going to win people in with used tea bags? No. How are you going to win the world with old, holy clothes? How are you going to win the world with stinky, uh, unwashed clothes? That That's, that's just a, you know, it's kind of like when you go to a church, I, I go to so many churches and over all these decades, you know, the pastor gave me a tour of the church and we'd go in Sunday school rooms or offices or different rooms in the church. There'd be an old beat up piano in, in one room, another beat up piano in another room. And, and I said, Pastor, where'd you get all these pianos? Said, oh, well, you know, Sister Whoopendiddle, we got a new piano at her house and she gave the church uh, her old one. Or, or Dr. Whoopendiddle got a new piano at his house and gave the church the old one. And, you know, the church's mindset with God is let's give God second best. Let's mm. give God third best. Let's get, you know, I'd love to hear a pastor say, well, you know, Dr. Whoopendiddle bought us a new piano and kept his old one at home or sister, right. sister Tutti Frutti right. kept, kept her old one at home and bought the church a new, you know, Malachi, the book of Malachi. Now all Christians know, and all preachers seem to know about the book of Malachi is the, is the one part there in chapter three that talks about the tithing. Right. But, but I've always said, if you want to see preachers get in trouble, if you would just like to see a bunch of preachers be really, really in trouble with a mad God, you need to read the book of Malachi because that's all it's about. God is fed up, upset, been out of shape, ticked off, mad, angry at these preachers because they're doing exactly that. They're giving him second and third best. What they're doing is they're giving him a sheep for sacrifice that are crippled, 
that are lame, that are blind, uh, that have blemishes. And he said, I want your best. I don't want your second best. He said, I want a sheep with no blemish. I want a perfect little sheep. But what those priests were doing back in those days is, uh, you know, Sister Susie, charismatic, would come to the priest and say, oh, uh, priest, I need to buy a nice little unblemished perfect lamb for my to give to my God, and I want it to be just perfect. And he'd say, yes, ma'am, yes, sister, I've got just a lamb for you. And he'd bring out some pretty little perfect, wonderful lamb, and she'd say, oh, that's just right. And so she'd pay him for it. Then he'd take it back around the, the curtain where nobody could go but him, and he'd put that little lamb right in the pen and take out a blind lamb or a, a deaf lamb or a, uh-huh. a crippled lamb, and then he'd cut its throat, and the blood would run out. And so she'd be happy going away thinking she'd given to God. And then the next sister comes in and says, says Priest, I need, to, I need a lamb. Oh, I've got just the right lamb for you. Brings that same little perfect lamb out, sells it again, takes it back there, trades it. And God was watching all that. Yeah. So if you read the book of Malachi, he says to him, he said, you don't give me those blind and those maimed and those imperfect sheep. He said, give that to your governor. Yeah. Take the, he said, take that to your governor and see if he'll take it. Take that and pay your taxes, see if they'll take it. He said, I don't want your stuff, your secondhand stuff. In fact, he even told him this. He said, and this would scare me. He said, in fact, I do not want your money anymore. I do not want your prayers anymore. He said, in fact, don't come to my altar and bend down at my altar and weep bitter tears to me because I don't want to hear it anymore. And wow. he said, and he said, I will not receive a gift from your hand. And you know, that, that'd scare me. If God said to me, hey, buddy, I'm not taking your offering anymore. I'm not taking your tithe anymore. Well, that's uh, that, that'd, be, that'd be a mess. But the church has had that mental attitude all these years. Of, oh, let's just give God second or third or fourth best instead of saying, Lord, we're going to give you the best we have. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Renee, get in here. I wanted to bring you in. You've been on both sides of this with right, with right. as a as a as a pastor and a teacher and supporting missions and and seeing it from that end, and then now you're hands on in the middle of all this you know my's mission stuff. So so you've you've yeah. been on both sides of the of the deal here, right? And thankfully so. Um, there, as Terry was talking, y'all are talking about you know the, the standard at which a human being functions in their own mind as an individual. Then you put all that together in a church setting, in a particular church, and you take that mindset of each of those people sitting on those pews, and then they've got a pastor, and maybe his mindset's not any higher than what the people are. And so they think low rather than thinking high. Uh, I heard uh, Dean Garner, my first husband, say and tell our church many, many times that the real enemy to the church is not the devil. It's the mindset of the people, and it's the mindset of the person. And this, these two scriptures I wanted to point out, Terry was talking about thinking high and, and no, not thinking used tea bags, but thinking boxes and boxes of brand new tea, sure. <laughs> tea bags. But in Isaiah 57 here, verse 14, the Lord said, and the word of one talking about God, capital O N E shall go forth, cast up, cast up, prepare the way exclamation point, take up the stumbling block out of the way of the spiritual return of my people. That means make the way clear, make the way open so everybody can see it. And then verse 10 of Isaiah 62, he says, go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, cast up the highway and gather out the stones and lift up a standard for the people to follow. So it's up to the apostle ministry. It's up to the pastor to, to raise up a standard higher 
so that people begin to think high. Uh, when we think about giving to missions and, and giving to orphans and, and looking beyond ourselves at, at Christmas time, then the church has to think high. We can't think low about all my life and all my busyness and all my uh, decorations and shopping and family and cooking and money and all the things that are go along with it. We have to cast that care over on the Lord, meet our daily responsibilities and realize underneath all of the foundation of that is the fact that God wants me to spread the gospel. That's right. God wants me to give to missions. God wants me to still keep up my prayer life, praying for the soul's of, of people around the world. And so that's why when we think about it and, and going to reach out to orphans and reaching out to people uh, all around the world and keeping up a strong prayer focus about souls being one so that they don't commit suicide during this season. They don't get depressed. The devil can't sow thoughts of low-class thinking into their mind. The devil can't sow thoughts. It just takes one little thought sometime to be sown into a, a pastor's soul, a, a leader's soul, somebody out there in the world that, that would just do some despicable. Like one, it always starts with one little thought to think either low or think high. And if we can continue to keep the gospel going out, keep the focus going out, showing people that that really it's bigger than us, and I'm going to cast the care of, I've got my Christmas list of everything I've got to do, but above that is that Jesus is Lord. And he's not going to just help me out of seven, and one little person out of seven and a half billion people on the planet, that he can all help us at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but I, he's, I'm, my focus is going to be on the business of the kingdom of God. And as I do that, then all these other things are going to be added unto me. That's really good, and 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 we we see that as as a Christian in church, and certainly as missionaries, we 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 live this lifestyle of it's always giving out. This is not about us. This is about Jesus, and this is about being a conduit between Jesus and man, and all those sorts of things. But at Christmas time, we flip that around, and it becomes all about us, all about our kids. And one of the ways that we can really battle that depression and that garbage that comes on us is to keep the focus right. where it needs to be, and yeah. understand that this this is not a get all that I can. This is a right. who can I touch. Well, it's like you know, get get CDs and and write out. I was always real good at at, at my house at, at there in Corpus is just always writing things out and slapping them up on the wall, mm. put them over the light switches, put them on my bathroom mirror, out in the car to keep my brain focused. And I think it, the more you do that, uh, you know, and I, I would take all my missionary letters and leave them laid out on the coffee table so that when I went when I went through that room, I would walk over and touch each one of them and pray over them. That's right. And and remind the Lord that their lives were all there. You know, Terry and Jackie were out there doing something, you know, brother, so-and-so and his family were out there doing something. Their lives were going 24, seven, uh, 24 hours a day, 365 day. And, and here's my little life. I've got my eyes on me and mine. And yet they're out there doing all this other stuff all the time. And God's big enough through our faith and prayers in him to take care of everything and keep the focus right. If we'll keep our heart going in that direction. Yeah, that's right. And dad, one of the things you were talking about earlier was that was that people give God second and third and fourth and fifth best. <laughs> yeah. And right. one of the things yeah. that that we've run into through the years is that we as Americans as as spoiled, you know, wealthy by the world standards, Americans, right. um don't necessarily know a lot of times what people really need. You know, you've used right. the, you've you've used the example for years that a gold-plated Rolls-Royce in the jungles of Panama 
right. would be a piece of junk. That's exactly right. And so you you, you don't give them a $300,000 card that they can't do anything with. You need to give them something that is a blessing to them. And so one of the things that we've done through the years is is furnish goats for even some of these uh, orphanages overseas. Right, right. Oh, sure. Absolutely. The first time I, the first time they asked me about that, I sent money to uh, this ministry, our ministry, sent money to, to Haiti to several hundred uh, orphans uh, and to the staff uh, and, and a, a number of different uh, homes and orphan, orphan homes. And uh, they contacted me back and, and, and said, uh, Brother Terry, can we buy goats uh, with this money? And I said, no, you can't buy goats. This is for Christmas for the kids. And they said, but you don't understand. The kids want goats. I said, no, kids don't want goats for Christmas. I, I've got kids and grandkids. I know what they want. They want, you know, footballs and Barbie dolls, and they want BB guns, and they want, you know. And they said, no, no, Brother Terry, you don't understand. They said, some of us, the staff, uh, some of us were orphans, and uh, we had goats that we could raise. And they said, the thing about goats is they multiply and get more goats. And, and it also gives something to do and something to learn responsibility for, something you have to water and feed and take care of. And they said, uh, it really helped us and said, these kids would like to have goats too. And I said, well, if that's really true, I mean, if that's really true, it's okay. You can go ahead and buy, buy goats with this Christmas money if that's what the kids want. But that's the, that's the first time I ever came across that because I was just thinking typical, typical Christmas presents for typical kids, you know. Yeah, well, you can find out more about all of this and what we're involved in if you go to terrymize.com, T-E-R-R-Y-M-I-Z-E.com. We've got resources there that will be a blessing to you. Uh, we've got projects on there. You can see what missions, uh, projects we have in the works. Um, and as a rule around here at Terry Mize Ministries, we don't ask people for money. We don't tell people our needs. We don't talk about the things that we wish we had uh, to accomplish the vision that God's given us, except for once a year, we don't mind saying, hey, would you do something special to help us with these kids overseas? Right. One of the things that um, that I'm 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 proud of that I uh, that I'm I'm glad we do it the way we do it. And I'm proud to be a part of it. Is that any of the money that comes in for any of these um, orphans and these Christmas projects and these missionary kids overseas that we touch, um, we don't use any of the money for overhead. We don't use any of the money for expenses. No, that's right. That's one hundred percent. So when people say, Brother Terry. There are lots of people that do things at Christmas time. You know, that's one of the, you know, why should we get involved with you guys? There are lots of options out there. One of the things that I always say is, well, a hundred percent, first of all, goes directly to what we're talking about, you know, what we're raising money for. No, that's right. There's nothing taken out of that. And secondly, um, if, if you trust us and if you're hooked up with the vision that God's given us and you're a part of this thing, then, then, I think it means something to people to know that we know where the money is going. These are not nameless, faceless people. We have a relationship with these people. We know what's going on in the homes. We know what's going on in the missionaries' ministry. This is good, genuine good soil. No, absolutely. No, that's that's exactly right. And, you know, most charities, I mean, all, all the charities, the ones that are religious and the ones that are just that are normal, like Salvation Army Care, uh, all those other, you know, uh, um, charities, um, they all have overhead. You know, we all have overhead. We all have uh, salaries to pay, uh, equipment to buy, uh, advertisement to pay for, and all that kind of stuff. And so, so the government actually allows these charities to to do that and to not use a hundred percent of the funds 
and to go where it's supposed to go, but you, you can use a percentage and keep a percentage for your overhead. But we decided a long time ago that we would not do that. And that's why we created a, a separate entity, a foundation called the Jackie Mize International Children's Foundation or JMICF. And we determined that every bit of that money, a hundred percent, every dime, every penny that comes in for JMICF, uh, would go to the exact place it's supposed to go to would go exactly where it's designated and and yet we have expenses too but what we decided to do was to cover the expenses of jmicf out of terry mize ministry so what we do is we pay for whatever postage we have whatever travel we have whatever uh whatever expense we have of any kind whatever salary we have for the secretaries anything uh we we take the money out of terry mize ministries and cover those expenses for JMICF, for the foundation, for the children's ministry. Uh, and so, therefore, 100%, 100%, 100%, every penny that comes into JMICF is used for the kids. So I'm very happy with that. I, I, I guess you could say you're not supposed to be proud, but I guess I could say I'm proud of that. I, know, I said that earlier and thought the same thing. But 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 there is a sense of, of I appreciate what God's done, and I appreciate the way we've been able to put it together because it's a, it's 100%. I had a, a I was meeting with a wealthy businessman just not – not long ago. And he said, he asked me what our income output ratio was in the foundation. And I said, Oh, it's a hundred percent. And he said, Oh, it can't be a hundred percent. Everybody has overhead. And I said, I understand we do have overhead, but we cover it out of the ministry. No, that's right. And so it really is a hundred percent. No, it, it absolutely is. If we get a check for a hundred dollars or, or a thousand dollars or $10,000 or $1 uh, for, for the kids for JMICF or uh, uh, for the foundation to give to the widows and orphans and uh, disaster relief or whatever they're giving it for, 100% every penny of it goes right exactly to that place. And how much were we able to send overseas last year at, the, uh, at this time for Christmas? For Christmas, I don't know what the exact figure ended up being, but I know it was tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. It was somewhere in the, I don't know, $40,000 range, yeah, so, mid, something mid like 40s that. Mid-40s or something well, like that. We, we, actually, uh, we actually were trying to give to 10 different homes mm-hmm. in five different nations. Uh, we we start off with India and Romania. Those are the ones we always we always start off with first because that's where we've had kids that actually belong to us mm-hmm. uh, and that we have control of. Uh, and then and then we said if there's any money left over, then there's homes in Mexico and Jamaica and Haiti that we would like to give to too. So five nations: India, Romania, Mexico, Haiti, Jamaica, and there were ten homes. And uh, so that's what we were believing for last year. But enough money came in. So much money did come in. People were generous and gave that uh, we actually expanded it to two more homes. So we, instead of doing 10 homes in five nations, we were able to bless 12 homes in five nations. 12 homes in five nations. That's a blessing. When, when, when God provides and the people get involved with the vision and you say, hey, I've got too much money, what else can we do? That's a great problem. No, that's tremendous. That's, <laughs> that's absolutely a, that's tremendous. a wonderful problem. Well, so, and then also you, you, you didn't just give to homes and, and help in a one little group we we actually got to, when we went to Romania you took them all shopping oh, all sure. those teenagers shopping and then had also paid for the um boiler in the orphanage last year to be replaced and and one of the vehicles needed uh repair and and we gave them another uh, couple thousand dollars to help with that so there's there's always well, those then needs we, then we have purchased a vehicle yeah. for for our staff in Romania so there's always tremendous need especially in third world countries to just keep 
things running. That's right. And here in America, we're looking at, well, I need, I want one more of that, or I'd like another this, or I'd like, you know, and for them, it's food, keep the lights on, keep the children fed, keep the clothing done, keep the boiler running, <laughs> keep the vehicles to where they don't break down. And they're keeping them together with, as my grandfather used to say, with a piece of bailing wire. And, you know, the, the concept of is not as much as it is poverty as it is thinking higher. And those verses that I mentioned earlier were oh, yeah. raising oh, yeah. the standard. That's right. God you know, said, I'd get I'd the love standard to see every, out there. I, lift it up. I'd love to see every missionary with a new car. You know, yeah. I, and for years yeah. and years and years, Mom and I started that. Now Renee and I are on that. And, and of course, you've been involved all your life. Uh, but you know, missionaries need vehicles. They need cars, and That's so right. we were able to we were able to help get a new car for a, a missionary. Uh, uh, our people there in Romania, and then just a few months ago, there was missionaries right here in the states that we had just met, and they We're had a great Africa. they had a great work in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the bishop Steve Bishop and his lovely wife, and so uh, they the car that they were using here in the states just to drive around and raise money for Kenya, uh, we were able to bless them with the car. You know, whenever whenever mom died. Uh, whenever Jackie passed away, then then we still had her car, and so we just contacted them and said, "Hey, we're going to bless you with this car." And uh, you know, they just need good transportation. And and Renee mentioned the boilers. You know, when when boilers in 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 that part of the world go out, and when they contacted me just before Christmas and said, "Brother Terry, our boiler has gone out." Uh, to, in, here in the states, we think, well, that just means they don't have hot water. When in in those parts, in that part of the world, it means they don't have any heat in sure. the house because the boiler not only supplies hot water to for for for, for necessities for hot water, but it supplies heating for the home. And so here, those orphan kids were facing a, a mean Romanian winter with no heat. Cold winter. And so, yeah. and it was right before Christmas. So it was like, wham, you know, brother Terry, our boiler went out. But we were able to, uh, we had partners help us, and we were able to, to get a brand new boiler for $2,500 yeah. and get it installed. And, and those kids had, had heat and water for, for, well, they still have it. Well, in all this month, we're going to be touching on this because it's a big deal, and we want to be a blessing. Like, sure. like I said earlier, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And we want these people, these missionaries, these missionary kids, these orphans, these all these people that have, that, that have you know given their lives for the gospel. We want them to know that we care. And one right. of the ways we can do that is to reach out and touch them at Christmas. Christmas time and remind them that Jesus is thinking about it. That's right. Yeah, and you know where I got that phrase from. I mean, I didn't, I didn't coin it, but but what what it's based on is First John three seventeen. The, uh, John said to us in First John three seventeen. He said he said for, uh, for whoso has this world's goods, you know, who has money and stuff, and seeth his brother in need, but shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. Then there's a question: How dwelleth the love of God in him? Oh, that's right. And then it goes my on to God. say, "My little children, let us not love just in in word, word. and tongue, but, but in, in deed and in truth." That's right. And so that's I've right. always made this statement: I said, you know, you can you can uh, give to somebody without loving them, but you can't love somebody without giving to them. So if that's we're right. real lovers, if we're Christians, and we have the love that's of right. Christ, and He loves orphans, uh, He made it clear through the Old Testament and New Testament we're supposed to take care of orphans. It's not something we can choose to do or opt to do is something he told us both old testament and new testament to do and so if we're lovers if we're christians then we are givers god so loved the world he gave love anytime you love you're going to give well, one of your services you one of your sermons you talk about love compels it talking about getting the gospel right. to the Absolutely. world and love compels us to give to these people i would just suggest that right here at the first of the month before you're finishing up all your christmas shopping and things get really really hectic by faith 
send an offering to help with the orphans, and then believe God to match those funds to come in through some other way in your life and be a blessing to you and make up that money. Let's say you decide to send $50, a hundred, two or three, whatever. God, just give it now by faith (laughs) to bless the work of God in orphans and then trust God every single day to multiply that back to you. Good measure, pressed in. Just do it as a faith project right now, as well as being a blessing and raise your standard of thinking over into the realm of abundance rather than just, I've got to budget this out and barely get along. And you know, if you're a pastor that's listening to this podcast this week, I've, I've told just a handful of pastor friends. I haven't told all my pastor friends, but just a handful over the last number of years. I said, you know, I know Christmas gets tied and people get stretched and people get concerned about money and gifts and what have you. And so I've asked pastors to do this. I say, just, just, just one Sunday uh, before Christmas, you know, hopefully now or next Sunday or, you know, not too close to Christmas because we need to get the money uh, sent overseas. Uh, but just one Sunday before Christmas, just ask the people, everybody just give $1, you know, just $1. And so if you've got a church of, you know, 100 people, that's $100. If you've got a church of 500 people, that's $500. And if we had enough pastors do that, that right. would turn into several thousand dollars. Right. right. And so that's what I've asked. I said, you know, if you're a pastor, just don't hammer the people or, or, or pull or push or, right. or right. put them under pressure or hurt them. Just just say, hey, $1. I mean, even the kids can give a dollar. Sure. Right. And so then we can turn that dollar around and send it to Romania, India, and there's uh, always, Jamaica, Haiti, and Mexico. Sure. There's always creative ways to do that. We've seen pastors have their people give a dollar, and then whatever came in, the general fund would they match. match it. That's right. And they would send that. And then I've seen uh, specific individual donors, whatever my church gives, I'll match it. And it's just been, it's amazing to me, the creative ways the Holy Ghost Spirit has to be able to help the church do the the calling that we're really uh, supposed to be reaching out there to the world and be a blessing to feed, to care for, and to preach the gospels and, and minister to people, especially these orphans at Christmas. Uh, they are the heart of God. Yeah, that's really good. Well, listen, I want to say it again. We, we, as a rule, don't ask for money around here. God's our source. People are not our source. Man's not our source. The post office box is not our source. God is. But this is not for us. This is for missionaries, missionary kids. This is for orphans. This is for uh, people who have given their lives to go over and work with orphans and that sort of thing. And I don't mind asking you to prayerfully consider uh, getting involved with that and sending an offering. And again, it doesn't, it, like Dad's talking about with uh, the $1 uh, offerings, it doesn't have to be a lot of money. We just ask you to be involved above and That's beyond right. your normal right. your normal giving, your normal mission support to help somebody, touch somebody, and remind them that Jesus loves them too. And uh, so we ask you to go to the website, terrymize.com, T-E-R-R-Y-M-I-Z-E.com. You can also find us at Terry Mize Ministries on Facebook. You can call the office at 918-392-9930. Just let us know that you want to be involved in this. And as a matter of fact, for everybody who sends a special offering in this month uh, for orphans and to bless people at Christmas time overseas, we want to give you as our, we want to give back to you um, a CD that uh, dad actually just taught a, a sermon in Florida that was fantastic called On Your Way to a Miracle. And we know that it'll be a blessing to you. So just note on, uh, just send a note with your offering uh, that it's for uh, Christmas for orphans for Christmas or, uh, or, or tell us on the phone or contact us in whatever way and let us know that this is an offering, especially for orphans for Christmas time. And we want to give that to you. So we just appreciate you guys. Appreciate you being here. Um, dad, let me just say one more thing. Uh, because of, of the nature of this offering, uh, two things about it. Number one, you know, we don't rob Peter to pay Paul. So if you're a, a normal partner, 
uh, of Terry Mize Ministries, then don't you know don't take from that offering uh, and just change the name on it and put orphans because you know the ministry still has to go on. So we need our partners to be uh, faithful, and so the, the the money they give to orphans needs to be above what they would normally do. And then the second thing is, uh, you know, I was saying one dollar to the pastors sure. because that's a whole church congregation. But uh, you know, if if we're talking to individuals out here that listen to the podcast, one dollar. Uh, in today's market, sure. just simply because our secretaries have to go to the post office, pick up the mail, open the mail, uh, deposit that dollar, write a write a thank you letter, and then I've got to get a thank you letter and sign it and get it back to them, pay postage. Right. Then it then it gets eaten up if it's only a dollar. No, that's you know, right. We'll certainly accept a dollar, but what I'm saying is that if for individuals. You know, I always tell individuals, well, you know, set your faith and believe God for at least ten dollars. Sure. You know, at least twenty five dollars, at least something like that. And some people can't do that. I get it. So we'll right. we'll, we'll take a dollar. We'll take a a button off your shirt if Absolutely. that's if that's the seed that you need to sow, so God can bless you. Right. But as far as us being able to bless the kids, and of course, we need to we need to deal with something more than that. No, that's right, and that's that's good that you said that. And and for those of you listening, we just want to say that we appreciate you. We're we're rounding out two thousand and sixteen. We're hitting two thousand and seventeen with a full head of steam here uh dad you always talk about uh the year the 12 the 12 months of the year as being like blank checks and 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 here we've spent 11 of those checks in 2016 we've we're just about to spend the december check right but we've got 12 more in 2017 and we've got to decide for the kingdom of god how we need to allocate those checks you know how do we spend our time how do we spend our money that's right and at the end of the year i want to be able to look at my checkbook and say uh, what did I do for God this year? You know, yeah. what did I do for orphans? What did I do for missions? You know, what did, what did I do for the kingdom of God? Because it, it, at the end of the year, we start doing a fruit inspection and seeing what did we do with what we had. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you guys. We've enjoyed doing these podcasts, and our, our the response has been overwhelmingly positive here, uh, as we've heard from friends and partners that have been listening. And so we we're glad that this has been a, a been a blessing, and we we we're going to continue this into two thousand. 17 and uh, just want you to know that we love you and we'd love to hear from you to get prayer requests or praise reports and you know testimonies we want to connect with you so find us on facebook find us at terrymize.com let us know what's going on in your lives and just know that we love you and we're for you you've been listening to a mize missions podcast for all the latest updates to our global projects speaking engagements and social media visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.